Well, that's all life is for you, eating, shitting, and talking nonsense. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creative Top Podcast, brought to you by us over at AtoZHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. Jake is playing a I had to, I had to get that from his fucking, phone. I had to get the alarm clock in. Okay. The only is way there, <laughs> Jake, are you even able to see if that registered on your mic? <laughs> um, yeah, it's quiet. Jack can bump it up. He can boost <laughs> oh, it. It's cool. fine. Okay, Good. I'll just, just, post. I'll give you the time. I'll give you the, I'll give you the audio. You can splice it in. It'll be great. Okay. I need and, natural reactions. And sitting next to Jake is someone else who dropped out of school and now he has a gun. It's Mark. No, hola. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> That's the strangest line of the movie. Okay, I can't wait to start talking this about it. This knapsack is a parachute. Wait, I said a For those of you unfamiliar with our Crackerjack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week, we watched a bit of a doozy. Yeah. We watched 2015's Goodness. or maybe 2018's Bird Boy, colon, The Forgotten Children, mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that. We did. Uh, which was a Mark pick. Yep. Mark, hello. Hi. <laughs> and hey, we've got a Patreon now, but we are not where your money should be going. And so, as they have been for the better part of the last year, all of our Patreon proceeds uh, are going to go to are still going to go to Feeding America. Although this year, I think we're we're tweaking that down just a notch. We are still going to let the Patreon proceeds cover the like web hosting expenses of hosting the podcast and website. So, but anything beyond that will go to Feeding America. And we did want to take a second to thank all of our patrons uh, who, over the course of the lockdown and pandemic, allowed us to donate over $400 to Feeding America, which was really neat. So thank you very much. Um, and so if you want to go over to uh, patreon.com slash A to Z whore, A-T-O-Z whore, you could donate at your level of choosing, get some cool perks, and know your money is going to a better place than our dumb asses. And if you don't want to do that, that's okay, but please consider doing what you can to support a worthy cause. We continue to use blacklivesmatters.carrd.co as a good compilation of resources of ways you can possibly help. But if you need a little escapism, Hopefully, you can have some fun in horror with us for the next little bit. And you know what that means. It's time to do the getting drunk part. So let's score. Let's do beers for fears. Hey, Jake. Hey, Jack. What are your beers for these fears? This is a Basque film. Mm-hmm. I'm not drinking a beer. Uh, there is Ooh. a particular Basque cider that is quite famous. It's called Isa Stegi. Mm. Uh, this is the one that you'll see. There's like a special pourer if you're to get this in a what is kind of a rare occasion where there's uh, very, like, a place that has Isistegi on, but they put it in the top and then they pour it from like really far away. You've it's probably like seen this. Extra aerated, right? Yeah, it aerates the hell out of it. Um, I got this. I thought there was another play on the Basque thing that could have been easily utilized. So I wanted to give it some breathing room and make sure we represented this delicious cider from the Basque country. So there you go. There you go. Pretty solid. I thought you were going to well, go Kelly Mocho. Dif- I, well, I, I was too. expecting someone else to. Oh, okay. I was thinking about doing it. I went a different direction this week. Oh, and fuck. Did we all skip it? We, I think we all did. <laughs> We're going to have to explain what a calimocho is then. Okay. Well, a calimocho is another thing I was thinking about. That is a cocktail which comprises Coke and red wine. Uh, <laughs> so Diet Coke and cheap red wine, importantly. It's a lot more delicious than it sounds. I don't so particularly good. like red wine, and I dislike Coke actively, but I love me some Cali's. So there you go. Yeah, but that's not what I'm it's drinking. It's a magical combination. <laughs> 
I went a bit of a different direction this week. I went with Can Art, which I know is a risky game because this is an audio medium. But I'm drinking a Melvin IPA You're because have to the, go the art Patreon image. on the, the can is very reminiscent of the art style of this movie, Bird Boy, which is an animated movie. And it's also kind of that same like vibe to it of this, this cloaked figure. It's, it has a hop for a face and there's a weird tentacle thing coming out of it. It just kind of... Felt like it fit the whole vibe of the thing. So I got some Melvin IPA. You. Exactly. It evoked it. So that's mm-hmm. what I am drinking. Mark, how about yourself? I am throwing myself at the mercy of the court. Here's what happened uh, in the last week. So we recorded the Omnibus. Immediately prior to starting recording the Omnibus, I was telling Jack how shitty I felt. Uh, I was under the weather, and then, I, and then I got my game together. We took a few shots, and I held it together for the entire recording there. A few days later, I was diagnosed with COVID, so uh, been, <laughs> been been quarantining for a little bit. Uh, feeling better now, thanks for asking, but um, still kind of working on getting out of quarantine. Um, technically, I guess I am able to get out there in the world. I'm just kind of taking it a little bit slowly, so I'm drinking just something that I had in my beer fridge. This was something I bought well in advance of watching this movie, uh, so it's not necessarily shoe uh, horn, <laughs> shoe horn, shoe horn. Do it! Uh, I want to hear it. Yeah, so I'm drinking a Ninja versus Unicorn Double IPA. This is one of my favorite uh, beers. It's by Pipeworks Brewing out of Chicago, Illinois. Um, and I guess what I'm going for here is kind of the general fantasy level. There's not a lot of combat, like verses in this in this movie. Although I guess the the police dogs are actively hunting Bird Boy, but and That's Bird Boy different. Demon versus rats. Different vibe. Uh, yes, and the rats too. But yeah, I mean, in general, it's it's sort of just a, a fantasy angle on things. Um, mm-hmm. I tried my hardest. This was probably the best thing that I had in my fridge for this occasion. I like it. I so, like Mark, it. on the Patreon poll this week, should I put, like, parenthetically, go easy on Mark? He had COVID. Yeah, that might backfire. I <laughs> <That> might. <laughs> <laughs> or I take you off. I don't think I'm going to take you off, though. Okay. I'll leave it up to you. Eh, I'll see how I'm feeling. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. That's what I got. All right. I like it. Good work, Mark. Nice shoe horning. But drinking beers and watching Bird Boy isn't the only thing we've done at the course of the last week. And ordinarily, we've been talking about what other movies have been rocking our collective horror worlds. But as we release this, it's like going to be like the 11th. <laughs> End of January. Start of the month. Really? No, oh, it's coming out. This is coming out tomorrow or Monday, Jaco. Okay. I mean, I've never heard this before. Jack has spare time now, <laughs> so we can actually hold him to stuff. <laughs> and this you one won't that. be this one won't be a four hour recording like the omnibus was. <laughs> yeah. Um, either way, uh, it's close enough to the start of the month, so we are going to be talking about the horror release roundup or HRR over at our website adzhorror.com, which is with a hyphen that time. Uh, we'll kick you a list to every horror movie we could find coming out in the course of the next month, that being January of 2021. Uh, but here on the podcast, we're just going to talk about a top one, a bottom one, and a dark horse pick. So why don't we start with Mark, and why don't we start in the middle? Mark, what is your dark horse pick? <laughs> Fuck you. Right before we started recording, I said, oh, man, I got to review this to remember what my dark horse was. I hope uh, I can remember it. To- I love and you it. start by picking it. me and going immediately yeah. to the dark horse. You are such an asshole. Absolutely. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with a movie called The Hunted, uh, which is a, like, so first off, it's coming out on Shutter uh, right around the 14th. So if we do drop this in time, then it'll be two or three days from now, I guess, when you're hearing this. Sure. Um, this is a sort of dark reimagining of Little Red Riding Hood. Um, and frankly, I have no idea how good this is going to be, but the trailer instilled a lot of confidence in me. There's a little bit of strange imagery. The thing goes out with a Braveheart, like, blue face type thing, but... <laughs> uh, overall, I, I was kind of digging the vibe on this one. So, Shutter's been on a heater, and uh, you know what? They're continuing that in the new year. 
I, I think that movie might star a shapeshifter, because in one scene, that dude looks exactly like Michael Fassbender, and in the very next scene, he looked exactly like Adrian Brody. So I don't know how they managed to pull that off, but kudos. I bet he looks like, like Mike Rowe at least once in the movie. <laughs> no, he does not. <laughs> okay, just uh, don't bet Mark on that. God damn it. Everybody thinks Mike Rowe looks like everybody else. Um, I went a different direction. I went with a little flick that's coming out towards the end of the month. It's called The Night. Um, This is about an Iranian couple who lives in the U.S. They get trapped inside of a hotel. It just looks truly weird and honestly terrifying. Uh, I also love the set decoration of this hotel. Just like all the Mm -hmm. paintings are people with their backs turned. It's fucking creepy. Just like subtle shit like that in the trailer. It's great. It looks terrifying. What gives you pause? What makes it the Dark Horse? Um, In terms of substance, it's not clear how much is actually there. And you can have (laughs) cool sets and like good scares without a lot of substance to it. And that's what's giving me pause here, (laughs) that it might fall into that category. This might be one of those movies Mm. that's such a slow burn, like it it forgets to actually burn. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I I don't know. I have high hopes for this one. I do. It seems like it's one that could be genuinely scary and has something to say, which is kind of the rare elixir at times. Mm -hmm. I I don't know how frequently I'm going to want to go into super serious horror, given the state of the world right now but it's it's right there with some of the contenders absolutely and look it worked well for his house very recently and i was in the same not really wanting to dive into serious horror mood when yeah. we watched that so 100 percent. how about you jake what is your dark horse pick oh i went with bloody hell which is it's gonna come out if again if this is releasing on the 11th or whatever it'll come out in a couple days this one looks weird there's a couple reasons this is the dark horse a this looks weird, so I can't classify it as weird the right kind or weird the wrong kind. Uh, generally speaking, this is about a guy with some sort of a personality disorder, and he travels from, shout out, our hometown of Boise, Idaho, B-O-I, where he apparently lives, B-O-I. to Helsinki, get it, Finland, Bloody hell, uh, and Helsinki. a lot of, huh? a lot of, yeah, a lot of weird <laughs> shit happens with a family, um, Anyway, it has this sort of offbeat wackiness to it that I, I just I don't know how that's going to land. So that kept it from being among the top selections of the month for me. But the sheer strangeness and any direction that could go in in terms of how it lands, plus the sheer like I am pleased with the fact that it's a movie that takes place at least in part in Boise. I'm interested to see what that's going to bring and to the table. And you know this anything. guy's got a 208 number and not a 987 number. Do you? No. But yeah, I exactly. Hope. He probably has a he. I doubt his two hundred eight, dude. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Okay, whatever. It's my dark horse. That's all I do. That's all I say. That's all I, I like say. it. I like it very much. Let's right. go to bottom ones, Mark. What looks like just a pile of trash? Uh, to you? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I went with the curse of Aurora. Aurora. I don't know how to say it. Aurora. So Aurora. I don't know. Jack Aurora. say it in French. Aurora. Okay. Yeah. Okay. As some just as whatever. someone who cannot say my R's, I can't even get close to approaching. Well. I can say my R's, but I couldn't historically when I was a child. <laughs> after I all the therapy, Mark, after 31 years of therapy. It was like two years of speech therapy. <laughs> but trying to pronounce that in French scares the hell out of me. and I'm not going to try and do it. This is a movie about, it's kind of in the same vein as, uh, what the fuck was the name of that other movie? Followed. I almost, I kind of wanted to call it Hunted, but that was my dark horse. Um, Followed well, was see. a movie about a YouTuber who goes to the haunted hotel. This is a movie about a YouTuber who does an unboxing of a horror package sent to him from the dark web? From the sure, why not? From the dark web. Yeah. And then a year later, <laughs> well. he finds a USB around the neck of the creepy doll 
which he apparently did not find when he was originally doing the unboxing. And lo and behold, that that USB has has creepy details of a place that needs to go and do some level of investigation. Now, there's a lot of fucking issues with the writing there. Like, <laughs> why even put the year? Why not just make the unboxing thing the whole the, thing? The impetus for the rest of the, whatever. <laughs> we're not getting into it. This is a type of movie that like is specifically engineered to get me to like it. I love this genre. I love found footage. I love the stuff that's like being, you know, at, you know, in the modern world being filmed for YouTube and influencer stuff as long as you don't lay it on too thick. I think that works so well and I love those movies. And I'm giving this one my bottom one because it looks like a massive disappointment. This is a waste of an opportunity. <laughs> Holy shit, this movie looks bad. Mark, I think that's a fair pick. I went a different direction. I went with one that the movie doesn't even necessarily look bad to me, but I have precisely less than zero desire to see this movie. Oh, I bet we have the same pick. I bet we do, Jake. I picked a movie called Cactus Jack. Yep. Yeah. Um, Especially and, after this week. Yeah. This, so I'll just read you a little bit of the, the, the description from the trailer of this movie. Oh, my God. When a hateful, vitriolic, basement-dwelling podcaster goes viral, he garners an audience of violent sycophants and incensed enemies. Uh... No, that exists in the real world. We got plenty of lunatic, alt-right, racist, and misogynist podcasters. I don't want to see their basement. Horror, comma, I, documentary. <laughs> a bunch of them just tried to fucking insurrect the U.S. government and took over the Capitol for a brief yeah. time. I, I'm I good. Have, yeah. I, I don't need to see this. We see it every day of our lives. This is, you know how we always do the in, in the intro. I mean, we're being honest. Like, this is escapism. And I think a lot of us find a lot of good in, in what horror brings to the table. This could very well be very disturbing and, well, I don't know if it's well-made or not, but it could be, and I still would put this as my bottom one because I just have no interest, so I agree completely with that take, Jay. Yeah, I think this, I think this is a fair take on your part. I do want to just go, I, I want to just put a little bit extra out there that this actually does look like, I'm using the term disturbing. good here, but this does look like a good movie. It looks like they made a, they had a vision that they wanted to realize and yes. they did a very consistent and like gritty job of doing that. So if mm -hmm. that type of look might appeal to you, then I would actually kind of recommend you seek this one out. This could be a, you know, an actually like really well realized yeah. good movie. It's just yeah. the subject matter is repulsive. <laughs> it's, a little it's a little close to home right now. <laughs> I, and I think like it's a, I'm glad we're calling that out. Uh, we typically try to give a little bit of a break. We aren't always successful, but we try to give a little bit of a break to the ones that are clearly maybe a first time project or something, but there are plenty. And if you go to our website, you can see the whole list. There are plenty of movies coming out this month that look way like that look worse than this. <laughs> yes. But the reason this is getting my bottom yeah, one, one is because is I have the least interest in watching it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the one I can most guarantee I will never watch. Yep, ap 100%. Um, I think that's all fair. Is there anything else we want to call out before we move on here? Any other trailers we missed? Just no, I'm not going to stick it in. And no, and, no, I'm not I saying I mean, you know that we haven't bad. done the top one yet, right? Oh, we have like shit. a whole no, section that. that we haven't done? Motherfucker. <laughs> ah, I, I, I forgot that. You know, like, I would like to call out happens. my top one before we move on. Okay, good. Yeah, let's go to top ones. Mark, what is your top one? My top one already <laughs> brought up this uh, this this segment. I'm I actually did pick the night. Um, this looks creepy and eerie and like a little bit of a change of pace. I'm not normally the one who goes with the slow burns, but something about this trailer just really inspired a lot of confidence in me, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, it is a different enough execution of a familiar concept that I think there could be some pretty creative and interesting stuff that comes out of this. Like you said, it, it could probably also fit in as Dark Horse. It might be just super boring, but I'm excited about this one. 
I yeah, can't hit on that pick at all. Um, I mine might be a controversial pick here. I went with Shadow in the Cloud. Hell no, that looked one. awesome. It looks awesome, but I've heard bad things. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um. Yeah. So this is uh, what is a female World War II pilot who has top flying a bomber with top secret documents. Get us. Zo- Zoe like, Grace Moretz. Some, yeah, Chloe Grace Moretz, Chloe, and yeah, then sorry. like some, some um, what terror at thirty thousand feet monster attacks her plane, and she has to fight it. Um, and I just absolutely didn't know that I needed a female empowerment movie starring a badass who's combating monsters on the wings of a World War II plane. Uh, but I do. Jack, I need that. Jack, at one point, she falls out of the bombing bay of her B-52 Flying Fortress into another plane that explodes and shoots and her, back, her up, back up, back up into, the, into the bombing yes. bay. This looks like a classic, just get real drunk and throw this on. It looks yeah, so I don't fun. Think, I don't think this is a movie that's meant to be nitpicked. Yeah, this, this is not the height of cinema, <laughs> but it looks movie, fun as hell. This movie has a four-drink minimum. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'm what, what bad have you heard? What bad things have you heard about just it, Mark, that it's a, we're so late? Just that it's a patchwork shit show of like weird, like, just inconsistent nincompoopery, essentially. <laughs> um. Yeah. Four drink minimum sounds good. Sure. Yeah. I, and I, I mean, Could whatever. We've great. seen Could plenty of those time. movies, and we like most of them. So cool. <laughs> Congo comes to mind. <laughs> well, Fuck no, Congo. Totally Jake, what did you? Pick? I mean, Congo's great. Congo but is it great. is nincompoopery. Stop Mark. It is eating my lemon cake. <laughs> Sesame cake. Sesame Mark. cake. <laughs> Come on, get it fucking Jake, right, dude. Jake, what's your top one? <laughs> that is the height of cinema. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. Well, I went with what also is going to be height of cinema. Psycho Gorman. They call it Goreman, which is the only nitpick I have oh. with that trailer. It is should this... really be Psycho Gorman. Technically, it's PG. Psycho Gorman. Psycho Gorman. Yeah. PG. <laughs> <laughs> um. This movie looks like exactly what I want. I we I have no change in mindset exiting 2020 and entering 2021. I want the most silly style of horror that I can get this seems to be delivering that I mean it's basically about a demon uh that kids have power over they like accidentally (laughs) resurrect him right (laughs) yeah and they have like I don't know some piece like a shard of glass or his beating heart that's made of onyx or I don't fucking care they're able to like make him do their bidding but he complains about it the whole time and that's really kind of the the funny part uh, to this whole thing <laughs> so it's gonna be gory it's done in the schlockiest like grindhousiest 70s 80s way and but it like a, seems like a treat, the way and, that this all comes together. And it's also like a 70s, 80s theme where these kids have to, like, dress up this ancient alien demon as, like, a just in their dad's, like, yeah. work shirt. <laughs> they throw sunglasses oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like have you seen... It's like a like an Encino Man or uh, Harry and the exactly, Henderson style. Yeah. Like, we've got a, you know, you're coming to school with me, demon. Listener, <laughs> if you haven't seen this trailer already, you should be picturing a villain from, like, a Power Rangers episode. Mark, Mark... Yeah. So I wrote my bits last on HRR, and we came to the same joke independently. It looks exactly like it. I said it looks like a precise combo between Lord Zed and King Mondo, (laughs) and you said it looks like a Power Rangers villain. And then I also wrote that this would have been my favorite trailer in all of history if he had said, after 10,000 years, I'm I'm finally finally free. I am am more, I, I don't know if I'd say Lord Zed as much as I would say Ivan Ooze. He's definitely got an Ivan Ooze vibe yeah, to him, yeah, too. Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I, I, think, I think this one looks super fun, too. It does look super fun. I, I think that in a different world, uh, I probably would have picked The Night. That flat out looks like, to me, the best horror concept, uh, at least from the trailer. We'll see how it goes. Um, it, but It looks like the best, but not the most enjoyable. 
I agree, and I'm, I need enjoyable right now, guys. I need enjoyable. Uh, so that's why I'm going with Psycho PG, Psycho Gorman. <laughs> I want to double feature this with Turbo Kid. Sure. I think that'd be a oh, rad yeah. as hell double feature. <laughs> yeah. I like the pick. I like all our picks. I'm excited for all these movies. But uh, what say we move on to the feature presentation? Uh, real quick, I just want to shout out. I, I love this series, and it got very far off the rails, but they're rebooting it. Wrong Turn uh, is getting a... This is the seventh. Do you love movie? this series? I, it's fun. I didn't know you love this. Series. Hey, this is, is this and like is it fun? It's fun. Yes, this fun? this and Hatchet are kind of the two of like these weird backwoods crazy slasher killer movies that so, are just like straight dude, out of our high school I, I think, years that have very good memories associated with them. I went on a journey with this movie because I it's like first I was like it's just called Wrong Turn and I was like has this possibly this franchise has possibly reached the point where a reboot just has to go back to the original name like there and then it's like there's like seven other of these movies what the fuck yeah they got and <laughs> i mean i didn't i haven't seen anything past like wrong turn number two but they look like they got bad <laughs> so a reboot <laughs> might be in order here um and i'll I'm tell you what though mark I don't have high hopes for this movie because the first line of the trailer is, oh no, we're off the trail. And they are very clearly on a very well-worn trail. Also, if you didn't want to go off the trail, like, just don't go off the trail. Yes, like, stay what? on the trail. <laughs> it's not like you fell or you just walked off the trail no, and then an hour can, later you're like, fizzle. oh no, we left the trail. They can fizzle out. They can fizzle out, you know? Okay. Okay. Anyways, I'm glad we also got that one out there, but there you go. All right. Feature presentation. Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched either 2015's or 2018's Birdman colon The Lost Children. Uh, now, Mark, you picked this movie, and I have to know why. Well, for one, I remember talking about it in our March 2018 horror release roundup. Um, wow, I do not. Is, it, there, is that real? Yes. What do you mean? What's I was it? just going to ask, like... Couldn't we really? call this 2020 because it was in our HRR last year, and then I was going to have to string together how that happened, but really, it's been almost three years? Yeah, almost three years since I we can't believe this. this. Um, I can't believe this. And the trailer itself was so crazy and weird that it stuck in my brain as something that I eventually wanted to circle back on. And then when mm -hmm. we watched Perfect Blue, which itself was also a strange recommendation from a coworker of mine who was just trying to give us something that was a little bit out of the ordinary... Um, you know, I kind of wanted to scratch this itch a little bit further of animated horror, so I went back to the one that I had a solid reference point on and picked Bird Boy. Well, Mark, I gotta say it was a hell of a pick. I didn't remember this from HRR. Shocking. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went in like fully blind on this thing, and I'm very glad that I did. Jack, real quick, what was your dark horse from this month? From this month? Uh -huh. That we just talked about mere minutes ago. Yeah, the the uh, I can't remember what it's called, but the Iranian, <laughs> the one about the Iranian oh, okay, people staying night. in a hotel just, in America, just curious, the dark just... or something. It has a really generic title. <laughs> the night. I thought you had him fully stumped for a second. I, well, I'm pretty sure I did. No, I was there just was trying to think of the title. Eyes. I was trying to think yeah, of the okay, title. Definitely. Is why I had no idea what the title was. Okay. <laughs> well, it is called the night, so that's not hard to blame you for. <laughs> Jake, uh, walk me through your journey with Mark's pick here. <laughs> Jake, give me your dark horse pick. <laughs> Jack, my, hey, does my anybody else have any movies they want to call out before we move on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My uh, long past with this movie comprises nothing. I mean, it came up. I thought that this was in last year's HRR, I just said. Like, I remember reviewing this, or reviewing the trailer, that is, and thinking it was interesting. It must have stuck with me better than I expected, because I thought it had happened relatively recently. 
I'd always wanted to go back. I have a bit of a soft spot for Basque stuff just because of the big Basque population here in our hometown, and it's just always kind of like perks my interest now, or piques my interest rather. Is this uh, is this actually Basque? I remember it's us thinking a Basque that it was film, but it is in Spanish. Okay, I, yeah. I wasn't really but, sure I mean, how it came up. The, yeah. the the Basque people speak Spanish and French sometimes. Yeah. Like it's not there's no Basque language. It's just kind of idiolects of French and Spanish. I mean, I'm I'm aware of all that. I was just I didn't see. I think in the trailer it says the Basque Film Board or whatever the, like you know, film production yeah. side of the government over there, uh, is. But I didn't see anything in the actual like feature film. So maybe I just was looking down or something like that as it was starting. Um, and I was curious if we just made that shit up or not. No, it's Basque. <laughs> it is very clearly um, at least from Spain. Yes, absolutely. And I think the the mind behind it the the writer of the graphic novel on which this is based and the writer and director of this movie is a spanish gentleman named alberto vasquez so Hmm. there you go um either way mark you picked this thing and you know what that means you're gonna have to hit us with a 30 second plot synopsis i was really hoping i was really hoping you'd forget this was a segment (laughs) i mean new year new format right 30 seconds are on the goddamn clock it's gonna start when you start Oh boy. So this movie is about a group of, it's animated and is centered around a bunch of like sort of anthropomorphic animals. Uh, You got mouse boy, pig boy, mouse girl, bird boy, and a bunch of security dogs. And there's sort of like a bunch of interweaving stories. It's almost like a crash type narrative. Uh, They're trying to get off the island. Bird boy's being hunted by security dogs for dealing drugs, except they're not drugs. They're golden acorns that are trying to re and live in the island after it was a subject of a natural disaster when a factory exploded. That's the best I can Time. do. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And the kids are trying to escape, and that's it. Yeah, they're, they're either drug dealers, or maybe they're just frantically trying to escape on Wii. It, I, this, is a, this, is a, this is a weird one. Uh, only, only Pig Boy is a drug dealer. Zachariah. Only he's a drug dealer. He's a drug dealer. Yeah, that's true. I guess he does give- He's totally to the side. There's like the group of three, and then there's Pig Boy- and his mom's thread, and then there's Bird Boy, who's tangential as well, and then there's the alarm clock for whatever fucking reason. They are literally oh my all God. tangential. The alarm clock provided <laughs> some of the scariest shit to me, though. It's just like running down the road saying, you can never get time back. I was like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> so this is a kid's movie, supposedly, except it's not. No, it no way. No, it no way. Isn't. This movie features an animated dog's erect penis it's not a kid's movie (laughs) and testicles later this movie opens on like graphic illustrations of people getting disintegrated by a nuclear blast so that's where i want to start with what this movie does right which is that Uh, except for mark before that we got to talk about what in the fuck subgenre movie this fits into except for animated thank you for thank you for remembering the format jack new year new year new jack i'm on rails stringing the length this podcast out because i have basically nothing to say about this movie Um, (laughs) weird it is foreign. It is animated. It is. Weird. That's it. It is <laughs> psychological, I guess. <laughs> I don't think it's psychological. It's postmodern. Is that one? Do we have postmodern on there? <laughs> we are not it adding does that. Nihilism, does nihilism. <laughs> We're not adding here? that. We're not adding either. Well, I am, though. So <laughs> don't, do, don't do it, Mark. You have to. Jake, if you want, you can assume the mantle of factoter, and then you're in charge of the list. I'm not going to be factoter. Obviously not. We wouldn't have any records of anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well. <laughs> Remember all Maybe. those times you uh, said you were going to post photos to our Patreon and then didn't? Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, those photos didn't turn out very well. <laughs> it was a photo of a white can. That was all you had to do was a photo of yeah, a it didn't dead tur- guy. Yeah, it didn't turn out. <laughs> 
Jake does get real artistic with his pictures. I remember one time we were backpacking and you spent like 20 minutes trying to prop your phone up by the lake on like a rock with some leaves dangling in front of it. See, the thing is I take so few pictures that when I do take them, I put all this pressure on myself to make them good and then they just don't. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> okay now, now we've done that. we can talk about what the movie does right. And Mark. Okay, what I was going to say earlier was this is animated in a way that is reminiscent of like the Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon shows of our youth. I think when it's we got a real Jenny Tartakowski vibe, yeah. When we what? when we uh, watched the trailer for HRR, Jack, I think you specifically enumerated Courage the Cowardly Dog, which is apt. Um, probably- got, oh, well, Jake, I said Jenny Tartakowski. Does that name mean nothing? <clears throat> no, He's like no. Dexter's what? Lab, Samurai Jack, all those like Cartoon okay. Network shows. Okay, cool. Um, it's also got a real yeah, Mark. Along with Courage. For sure comes through, but also Samurai Jack was like, I couldn't stop thinking about that because it does that kind of animation style of no outlines to a lot of things, right? Like a heavy background and then the characters with no outlines, just colors. Yeah. It also does the thing that SpongeBob did a lot where uh, you zoom in, you do like a hyper-realistic zoom in on something. There's There's a scene at the very beginning when I think it's the alarm clock is talking to a snail and it just zooms in on the snail's weird (laughs) drooling mouth. Anyways, oh, that thing! What, yeah. What I what I was getting to was the juxtaposition of that animation style with the actual like very adult themed horror in this movie, and not even just adult themed horror, just adult themes in general. Like we talked about earlier, there's a dog's erect penis and balls for some reason. Also, there, <laughs> is th- it a dog? It's also a child. It's a dog child <laughs> that isn't the. It, but it's also not sentient in the same way that all of these other animals. But are. it can say it wants to be an engineer, and its head is a luchador mask. Which, as an but engineer, the, I think I take offense at that, but I can't tell. <laughs> I okay. It didn't say any of that stuff. The parents said that it said that stuff. No, it says engineer. It says engineer. Does it? Yes. Oh, it barks. It, whatever, dude. It was a bark. Engineer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the juxtaposition is what this movie does right because that's what makes this so impossibly weird. <laughs> I, I wrote yeah. this over and over in my notes. The animation style is haunting. This movie is yes. like hmm. haunting. It's and a lot of it is that juxtaposition. A lot of it is just beautifully rendered. It's got a lot to fucking say. Well, this I, I speaking to the same thing, and actually, I think this plays well into what I said about having very little to say about this movie. That's not correct. But what this did was, as I watched it, it was such a spectacle in those regards that I kind of just threw my hands up and like ingested the content that it was throwing at me and let it happen. I I did not try to overly note this one to death because, like we talked about, it's bizarre it is so weird and so i ended biz- up with more broad stroke opinions not gonna lie that's fair I'm i mean that bizarre that's mostly what i have as well i mean I, I i think we probably all had quite a few notes on the visual style i do want to just re- yeah g- go back to the thing that i one of you already said which is that this movie opens one with me. an atomic blast showing like yeah. skin being torn off of a skeleton in a forced labor camp of an industrial complex yep. yeah and this is also, you know, it looks like a Hanna Barbera cartoon <laughs> or whatever <laughs> animator you. Not said. Hanna Barbera. Jenny Tartakowski. That one, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah dude. I, I'm How did you surprised. not know that, Mark? I'm surprised you don't know that name. I what? yeah, I don't. Though I guess Logan and I were the ones that were most into Samurai Jack. I mean, I like Samurai Jack, but I don't like go back and whatever. We don't need to get into this. I don't look at the animators. Whatever. No. Whatever. Did you guys whatever, watch Jack. that new season of Samurai Jack? By no. the way, I have not. The one where. He- 
like the 175 year old samurai jack falls in love with an 18 year old it's weird oh sounds great sounds romantic (laughs) at least she's 18 you know (laughs) yeah somehow that makes it legal so we're good it's not weird anymore (laughs) okay uh anyway moving on what else is this is is the same movie i i kind of want to also lump in the sense of humor here um but how do you describe it? I, I kind of agree, but it's an indescribable sense uh, of humor. Oh, oh, Jake, there's one scene that perfectly encapsulates this movie's really? sense of humor. Yes. And it's the scene where mm. we pan over to a bunch of kids walking to school, and uh-huh. one kid is just getting the shit beat out of him. Yeah, the rabbit kid. The rabbit or, kid. Wait, was it no, a rabbit? No, no, it's the... No, the, not the rabbit. He was just like a whatever, I it was random the fox, woodland creature. Kind of Pig the rabbit something. helped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's getting the shit beat out of him by some bullies. A yeah. police officer shows up, and then the rabbit shows, and, and the police officer says, what's going on here? The bullies say, he's holding us up. Don't believe his lies. And then a rabbit shows up, and the police officer wants to impress the rabbit and says, hey, remember me? I dropped out of school, and now I have a gun. <laughs> and that's kind of the end of the scene, and I think that perfectly encapsulates this movie's sense of humor. As they're walking off, the guys are all like, oh, I want a gun, too. <laughs> it's bizarre. I, Jake, Jake, you frequently- I don't think that there's a singular You frequently humor. tout the uh, Twitter account Nihilist Arby's. That sense yeah, of humor and this sense of humor are the same sense of humor. Precisely <laughs> This is Nihilist Arby's if, Arby's if that Twitter account wrote a Basque animated movie. The alarm clock huh. is- Everything. I love the alarm clock so much. Oh Our first God, introduction I it so is much. it saying, wake up, it's time for school. And then the thing's like pushing it, inching it closer to the edge. And it's like, oh no, not again, please. And then it falls <laughs> off. And it's like, why? I love you. That was the part <laughs> and then that later, I, I did. And then later, and then gets, after the well, alarm clock, Mr. Regolio is repaired. He goes the dad, on field well, the dad trip. doesn't just repair it. He then affixes legs to it. And it's like, now you can run around. <laughs> it, the, Mr. Regolio then goes to the dump. Finds a bunch of other broken alarm clocks. Cans. Just cans. cans. Yeah, I yeah, didn't that's see an alarm clock. It was just random cans. detritus, and it was like my brethren. <laughs> and it's it's yeah. a massacre. <laughs> yeah, it's a ma- okay. That's the best part. It's a massacre. <laughs> he mourns the loss of the aluminum cans that are in the dump, and he's all he's trying to do is find his the the kid right. Find I forget what the 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 protagonist's Dinky. name is. Mouse girl. Binky? Mouse girl slash Dinky. 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 Um, he, he's trying to find her to get her to get school on time, and he's just running, going, you can't get any time back! And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> it's horrifying. It's, this is not, like, uh, far removed from, like, a Stephen Lynch movie, where it's not so much a narrative as much as it is just a string of very confusing, like... Sorry, David Lynch. It's, David it, Lynch. Okay, I was going to say, Stephen Lynch is somebody I don't... <laughs> I, I intuitively understood, but I yeah, whatever. I, I'm like... It's, it's like a Marshawn Lynch film. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, honestly, it could have been. Yeah. <laughs> With more Skittles. Um, I'm like five for five so far on getting very close to the correct name slash word today. <laughs> Give me a break. It's been a long week. <laughs> well, like, and another thing I'd love... I mean, it, it, this movie's theme is so consistent like you said it's got like four different overlapping storylines but each one is like pushing the same whatever message they have i think about like the the first time we're introduced to the to zachariah the pig boy he's on his fishing boat and he's just reeling in tin cans bemoaning his life doesn't want his mom to find out he's dealing drugs and then he's the, his parrot squawks at him his presumably companion friend do you think but he says i fucking hate you all that's all life is for you eating shitting and talking nonsense it's 
Should we? Should we real quick? Let's just since we don't have too much to say about this movie, should we just go through the individual storylines? Sure. Yeah. So let's just step through them at a high level. So you start out with Mouse Boy, who is the mouse people, the mouse folk live in the dump that is the smoldering crater of nuclear waste that was the uh, industrial area of the island. Which was a work camp. Which was a forced labor camp. Even even before what caused this post-apocalyptic hell, it was dystopian as fuck. <laughs> well, yeah, before we move on, I do want to say I immediately thought the captions were wrong. I immediately thought the translation sometimes, when it starts off, it's like, the past was it the present is garbage all we no. know is garbage the past is everything i was like okay so they've just this is wrong <laughs> this is bad nope, yeah that's accurate apparently nope, that's yeah a, that's what that's it a is full-on transcreation <laughs> um continue mark uh they live to find copper so that they can sell copper to get money for uh this world's version of meth i think sell copper Heroin? to teo klaus yep grandpa claus or uncle claus um, who is also yeah a to get meth to get either meth or heroin, but whatever drugs. it's a drug. Very yeah. clearly, just drugs. Uh, we come back to him halfway through, but the end of his storyline is that him and his father get in a tussle with another mouse and their father, um, and <laughs> Mouse Boy's father kills the other kid's father, and the other kid kills Mouse Boy, and then they just sort of pair off together. So Mouse Boy dies. He's just brutally yeah. murdered. Then the father just like dead eyed looks at the kid and like gives him like a, yeah, I guess you're with me now. Here yep. we go. He just sighs and <laughs> continues walking. Grab that copper. Time for a new son. Uh, yeah. You have Pig Boy, which I think we already talked about. He's a fisherman who also gives Bird Boy cocaine or something. He's a drug dealer. Um, and He's then- not a fisherman because there's no fish left. He has a fishing boat. <laughs> Okay, he, so he, deals he, pulls, he pulls garbage. It's a front, Mark. It's a front. It's money laundering, yep. sure. <clears throat> yep. um, he then goes home to visit his mother, who is dying of cancer slash addiction, <laughs> gives her an injection of drugs, at which point she turns into a demon spider. I, I took that as her addiction takes the form of the spider. Well, yeah. I, I think that's just the, it's yeah, whatever. The, this it's movie her... goes one step beyond it being a metaphor where the actual metaphorical thing is very clearly capable of, like, interacting with the physical world. So For sure. She just turns yeah. into a goddamn giant-ass spider, uh, at which point they run into the three amigos that we'll talk about in a second who are stealing money from them. Uh, they chase them down, but then she loses a bunch of her own strength. So then Pig Boy kills his mom by crushing the spider demon that is like the last her last will to live slash her addiction problems. Yeah, he won't give her more drugs, so she dies. So he murders his mom, uh, and that's most of his story. And that is the most horrifying sequence of his mom or the his mom's addiction, the spider just screaming at him how he's fucking worthless and can't do anything. And he's just like been working so hard and just doing his best. Oh my God. This movie's so fucking cry. bleak. Jake, oh how did the spider God. thing sit with you? I mean, it's an- it was fine. Okay. Animated Whatever. spiders. And it doesn't even like evoke a Well, real it also spider, was kind right? of like beetle esque too. Yeah, because it, like it has legs all over, like not just on one, yeah. but it's on its thorax too. It, it didn't bother me at all. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. Just wanted to check on you. Yeah, yeah. You have the main trio, which is headlined by Mouse Girl, but then there's also like a bunny and a fox. And they're so just trying to get off the fucking island. Yeah, there's Dinky, and then I don't remember the names of the other two. Well, one of the, the fox's name, I think, is Little Fox. They all have names, except for the fox's <laughs> name is Little Fox. And the, it's a great name. Maybe that is a name. Who says it's not a name? <laughs> Sandra is the rabbit. Yeah, yeah. and Sandra is the one that also is like schizophrenic, and in the sense yeah. that she can hear the demons whispering in her ears, trying to tell her to kill her friends. Like literally, movie. demon on the shoulder situation. Yep. 
um, they try and get off the island. Theirs is the most substantial storyline, but they're the protagonists. Long story yeah. short, they buy an inflatable duck from Uncle Tia or Tio Claus uh, to try and float their way off the island. But that goes very poorly. They all almost drown, and then they're saved by Bird Boy. Anything? I mean, I mean, we can talk about Bird Boy too. The, well, yeah, yeah no, that, but that's their storyline. Yeah, yeah, no, that's them. Yeah, well, they, sure. they, they 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 do end they up have a run in with the rats, and they're almost exactly. They go to the rat and, city and get like yeah. they're about to be, I assume, raped. Is what's that? the uh, women well, are like being they, ca- carted off to be raped? They're gonna like have their skin peeled. They're gonna get tortured and murdered. Like Very their skin tortured. peeled off and like not your average run of the mill torture. Extra this is torture. advanced torture. <laughs> this is advanced, <laughs> this is advanced torture. torture. I know that was a SpongeBob joke, but it's a real little bit too close to what like the CIA well, actually the actual categorizes. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, enhanced interrogation. And then I guess that gets us to Bird Boy, the titular character here. He's kind of the lone wolf. His father was killed a number of years ago by the security force of the island. Uh, because he used it around the lighthouse. Which, are they not just cops? Why are like I think they're just cops. They're just cops. They, well, they are, but it's like okay. the The law on this island is not really well described, but it's presumably like this fascist regime. Yeah, I think it's a bunch of vigilantes so. running around with rifles, just shooting people. Well, shooting yeah. birds because of their filthy beaks. And you don't, yeah, and you don't actually see leadership. You just see the security Dude. force. It is shocking so. how prescient this movie was to what happened like last fucking week as we record this. Well, here's the thing about history is it repeats itself and I feel like you can kind of <laughs> make these same uh, parallels to virtually any like creepy fascist regime throughout all of history and it still kind of works on that sort of parallel. So now we're just yeah. one of them. And Hooray. Which includes America now. Great. Great. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, anyway, Bird Boy's tortured and So he's a like lonely he's, soul. he's super depressed so he relies on these they're literally called happy pills in the movie that Dinky brings him. Uh, he kind of has this romance thing with Dinky. Uh, and he pushes Dinky away because of his literal demons. Yes, which he, I think yeah, exactly. He literally struggles addiction. with the demons on his shoulder. Um, but then when Dinky and her friends are kidnapped, he gives into them, turns into like Mecca Bird Boy, flies over to <laughs> flies over to the Mouse Boy camp, slaughters and everyone. murders everyone. <laughs> he turns into a dragon and just sets everybody on fire. He turns into Ridley from Metroid. And then during their escape attempt on the inflatable duck, the sentient inflatable duck, I should point out, um, he's flying around and they get shot and killed by the the security his, dog. His was the one I understood the least, even from what it was trying to say from a metaphorical perspective. Dude, this so his, movie is a mess with metaphors. None of them make any fucking sense. His dad, Birdman, was carrying Birdman. golden acorns around the island to try and help revitalize it. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the fascist, racist police officers shot him because they thought he was dealing drugs to the children. Uh-huh. Uh, and because of his filthy uh, beak. Um, this sends Bird Boy into a spiral of depression, which so repulses him. So he has him. to do both the, the generic drug, heroin, meth, whatever it is, that he gets from Zachariah and Happy Pills. He's he's just taking whatever. He's on a, he's on a smorgasbord of drugs He's the on uppers and downers. Yeah. While trying to continue his father's good work of bringing life back to the island. But he's also got sole access to the one part where there is life on the island. Mm -hmm. And he's saving a lot of birds there. It's like a sanctuary for birds. And their souls. And then then afterwards... And their souls. Yeah, we didn't talk about souls. And their souls. Then afterwards, he also turns into souls and golden acorns... And then Whatever. maybe the island's saved? And then he, get, no, and then he no, shows the, uh, Dinky. No, it is not. His soul <laughs> shows Dinky how to get into the the grotto full of, you know, life and, and souls and stuff so that she can continue so, his mission of yeah. 
like revitalizing the island. We the other thing we didn't mention here is that there is conflict between Dinky and her parents that are illustrated as fundamentalist Christian right whatever people. <laughs> Dinky's dad is a mouse with a human face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I, this, this there is so much. That, Listener, Whatever. we don't have anything specific written down about this because this movie is quite literally inscrutable. It is so yeah, goddamn it, hard to describe the in, like inner workings of this on a metaphorical think, or literal level. Yeah, I, what what this is doing for me, listening to going through all of these different threads again, is reminding me that like what this movie does right is that inscrutable nature. And if you're into like really bleak, depressing shit, uh. This one does it for you, because Jack, he doesn't save the island at the end. Dinky does get access, and presumably she's next. She's going to get shot next, because she's going to be the one fucking dealing drugs or whatever. <laughs> now, she might not have a filthy beak, but she's going to definitely not get, I don't know, treated well by a fascist dictator. I mean, she's already expected as being a drug dealer, because she's bringing the happy yeah. pills out to bird Yeah. Play. So, you're, you're clearly seeing this this thread of what you might call freedom fighters who are trying to make the world a better place being systematically squashed by the powers yeah. that be. I guess everyone in this fuck. Like yeah. there is no happy ending here at well, all. Even like the 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 sidekick to the fascist police officer like is not that a bad guy at the beginning, right? He's like, I don't want to do it. What what the fuck? This is, seems wrong, but then he ends up shooting bird boys. Like everybody is fucked. I mean that part, yeah. I mean, there's there's something about the power of misinformation that's ever prescient right now. <laughs> that was really like that scene from Chernobyl that really evoked that scene where they make the guy shoot the dog for the first time and he like can't do it, but then they like right. force him to. Oh my god! Yeah, fuck Chernobyl's that shit. So fucking good. Uh, yeah. So what does this movie do middle? <laughs> well, hold on. Anything? I have something else that does. Oh, I have okay. something else that does right. hard right. Okay, do right, do right. The sound design of this movie is exquisite. Hmm. This movie is. Unafraid of silence. There are vast stretches where there is simply no sound whatsoever. But then also, there are sound sequences where there's heavy orchestral music with, like, the screaming Mecha Godzilla sound of the demon bird boy. Like, this movie uses sound very intentionally, and I think very, very well. It always fits the tone of what's going on. You think there's more attention paid to that? I mean, just with animation as the platform. There's more attention paid to that because you have to construct it a little bit differently. Like I you're do. creating it, everything from scratch, so it's going to be like what's happening in the world, and then how you build in that score is a little more organic to the platform, I guess. Exactly. I don't know. I think you're you're exactly right, and also you can say like composer, give me a score that evokes this, and then like write a scene around it. You can work backwards from it like that too, you know, with animation in a way you. Yeah, can't you really might have a little more leeway there. Yeah. And I think this movie is so intentional in the way it uses sound, and it was it really worked for me. Yeah, I, that's a good that's a good call out because I noticed it, and again, I was not taking many notes <laughs> during this movie, guys. Uh, middle, uh, yeah, there you go. So, what does this movie do? Middle, the metaphors. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I had written down as well. I there's some very powerful ones. <clears throat> And there's some very nonsensical ones. <laughs> I don't know if there are. What are the powerful ones? Let's start there. What are the ones that made sense to you? The pig boy's mom, uh, Zachariah's okay, whole sure, arc. Fair, that's fine. Okay. That one was super powerful for depression and like uh, addiction and abuse. Like that was it worked so well and it was so tragic. Sure. So okay, you you provided the immediate rebuttal that is about as good as it could have gotten. But outside of that. And maybe, I don't know, you might have a few other good examples, but my wife and I were talking about this one after we watched it, 
She was convinced that this had a message and tried to explain it to me. And I'm not sure it does. I mean, I think as a as a culture, we are a bit uh, like as a movie watching culture, we were a bit conditioned to expect there to be a like meaning one cohesive or message or like, yeah, yeah one cohesive <laughs> message that comes out of things. And when you don't have that, your mind is left like reeling and grappling for something. And that's what this movie did to me was like well, define define message. Right. In this like, sense, like, a thesis, like what I mean, message, like, would, like a, like an overarching narrative point. This movie is yeah, a lot of broader movies have like one thing they're speaking towards. and Everything wraps up towards that end. Right. And this movie doesn't. I don't mean this as a criticism of the, of the movie, but this movie is largely pointless. And in the sense that that's the point that it is trying to make. Right, yes. Exa- I mean, that's what nihilism. Yeah. This movie is nihilism. That's its thesis statement. It, it, this is a story that is articulating what nihilism is. Yeah. That's you guys a, aren't going to like that this. That is really was... hard as a as a like narrative expecting and watching movie audience to to digest and understand. I, yeah. I, yeah. I was reminded when I was watching this and talking about it with my lovely wife, I was reminded of our experience talking to our friend Dan's about the movie The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, where it's like the whole point of that movie is like death is coming and none of it fucking matters. And whatever mm-hmm. you do, like it doesn't mean you get free reign in life, but death is always coming. And him being like didn't like it because that message, you know, wasn't so clear and so consistent and cohesive that there's kind of just this. That's the point, though, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, if, exactly. if that is what you're articulating, there is no way to make a... There's no way to clarify that, right? Well, and, like, and that is just a truth that you ascribe to I would even if you're say going that the Ballad of Buster route. Scruggs is much more middle-of-the-road working towards that one consistent theme than this movie is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think that that's a tall order, to be honest. No. <laughs> But this is still successfully nihilistic, so we'll give it to middle. Yeah, and what that? But yeah, I mean, and like Bird Boys, I kind of get the grief thing, but then the Golden Acorns thing, like his, is just muddled and messy. And well, that's where like his trajectory as an individual, like, kind of runs up against like what is there is kind of like the dangling carrot of hope in this movie. Yeah, there's like it's there's out a, there, but it's unattainable. There's a conflict between anyway. like like the small meta- small M metaphors that the movie is consistently trying to do, like isolated with Pig Boy, and the big M metaphor for like what this movie's trying to evoke on a larger scale, and they don't work well together. <laughs> Which is like Bird Boy's, I think, is messy. He has the grief mm-hmm. ones and the drug addiction ones, but then also is trying to come to some larger plot resolution for the movie well, as a whole, and it doesn't work. That's why I'm happy with what we did and what this does. Ooh, with the way we approach what this movie does right is more or less a plot synopsis. Because the more we talk about it, that's kind of how you have to ingest this anyway. As a like as a singular thread, some of these make more sense than others, but they make they do their their best, right? These are at their best when you think about like Bird Boy's trajectory or the arc of whatever the fucking pig boy that I keep forgetting his name Zachariah. was. Zachariah. When you put all of those which are heavily reliant on their metaphors together into a a movie that is 90 minutes of hopping back and forth and at times crossing then it's it gets really messy and hard to really discern what it's doing yes and that's i mean i appreciate movies that pull that shit because it's i mean life is messy right life doesn't oh, work shit mark that's the point yeah well I, and that is kind of the point we're yeah. you know as a, as i've said this now a couple times as a movie watching audience we're used to seeing these general narrative arcs mm-hmm. but some mm-hmm. sometimes and you see this all over the fucking place on oscar night like the movies that that usually get nominated for like best drama or movie of the year are these ones that are more layered stories that 
don't really have that type of typical payoff that are more just character studies of like what happens when things don't go the way you're expecting them. They're not very tropey. They're not, they're not what is expected. And that is what this movie is as a whole. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I agree. The closest this thing gets to tropes is by subverting all of them. (laughs) Yes. Damn, you're Uh, making a good play for it being what the movie does right then. I no, because it is messy though. Well, and also that makes it, the inscrutability of it also makes it very hard to digest. So it depends on what you're wanting to get out of the experience. This could be, this is why it's middle. This could be something you absolutely fucking love about it, or it could be why you completely disconnect from the movie and you don't care to even. Yeah. And it's, I think in a a sense, like we always recommend going into a movie blind, but this is probably uh, the lower end of movies that I would recommend going in blind. You to could read everything about this movie and still and watch it's not it and have impa- an entirely I, I new experience. I honestly think it could only help because I don't know that that many people, like, after watching the trailer, you're going to have a generally good idea of whether or not you want to sit through a full-length runtime well, movie. Let's, let's talk this. about that because that's something else it does middle. It it was 76 minutes long. Oh, God, it, it felt like feels 175 way minutes. It feels way longer. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is a basically an hour-long television episode, more or less. This is like the season finale of like a Will and Grace episode where they actually went for 90 minutes why, on the air. Why? Why? I don't know. They're just People okay, like their whatever. cultural it, touch Just points. Will and Grace is the first thing that fucking comes to your mind? I think that was what the, that and like Friends are some of the ones that had like the 90-minute season finales, you know? Okay. ER might have done it. Maybe ER okay. is a better one. So okay. ER, just just just, just continue. I, I don't need to dig into this. <laughs> what, what you, some, what, I can name other '90s sitcoms that did that did the 90 minute thing. Yeah, I don't. Why, I, don't I don't know need, why you I go don't. with sitcoms. There's plenty of dr- like I mean. I said ER. I, I said ER, ER, Jack. <laughs> ER was conti- ER was need, on the air for like 12 seasons. Can we do an Fuck. episode on ER? No. <laughs> Fuck no. We can do an episode on George Clooney though. Okay. I mean, he was Fucking on ER, punk. so that's fine. Yeah. Like once, like okay, whatever. Continue. No, no, he was on there for like two seasons. Yeah. One season, two seasons. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, Doctor Ross. Let's call him by his real name here. So, Doctor Ross. He, he was he was getting his his feet wet in the industry in the first season. Then he fucking blew up. Everybody loved him. And then him. he went and made and in, fucking from dusk till dawn. And in the, I think that was like as he was shooting. I think that was came out right. before And then the he first didn't season. have to make ER anymore, did he, Mark? <laughs> and then the. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then in the second season, he was like very clearly too too big for that show anymore. So they Mark, wrote him out. When you said his name without saying his first name, because he was Doctor Elliot Ross, right? But when you said Doctor Ross, I thought you were trying to do a Doctor Ross Ross from Friends, like a Dick York, Dick Sergeant. Hold on, Sergeant York thing from Bewitched. <laughs> I thought you were trying to do a very oblique and sidewaysy Wayne's World reference. Is what? Hey I'm guys, saying. I have an interesting thing to discuss. Jack, I was Jake. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> Jack, what I else does this movie this do middle? What else does this movie do middle? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> okay, cool. What does it do wrong? The only thing I had written down here, which I think we've enumerated at length, is uh, this movie is specific, confusing, and extremely bleak. <laughs> yes. You okay? So that's is not that wrong? wrong Hold for on. Me. I have to. I have to die. I have to dig in. Probe what Mark just said. So specific, comma, confusing, and bleak. Yes. Comma so, and comma extremely bleak. and bleak. We use the Oxford comma here, Jake. Okay. Yeah. Well, you didn't have to, but now I mean, that you I do, know, because the Oxford comma, comma is incredibly important. Specific, comma, confusing. What was the second one? Confusing. Confusing, confusing. comma, and bleak is the third thing. I don't, Explain to me why bleak belongs in what this movie does wrong. Or because specific. to me, that is the horror element of this movie, is its bleakness. If you remove, if this movie ended up being, imagine, if you will, for a minute, this movie not being bleak, would it still be horror? 
It couldn't be. This movie cannot exist without being bleak. This movie cannot exist without being bleak. I cannot. I don't know that I can go with bleak as being something that does wrong. So I'm oh, just I, curious. I don't, the only one is confusing. I, I think specific and bleak are strengths of it. I agree, but also confusing. Agreed. Uh, does wrong. Yes. This is. It's maybe this is okay. I guess what we're doing is we're getting back to to middle. But two things I would <laughs> say here. Nothing wrong. Two two things I would say here. One. This movie made me feel bad, <laughs> and yep. therefore, yep. that is at least in part something that this movie did wrong, because goodness. I don't go out hoping to get out of my evenings feeling bad, right? And also, and that is part of one of the reasons why this is not a an easy movie to succeed don't go in there the yet. world. Yeah, we're, oh, we're not we're not at the recommendability part. We're on not, it. And don't frankly, go there yet. I'm gonna make that shit up as I go along because there's reasons why it could be a thumbs up or a thumbs down. But Ooh, my point here interesting. is, this is limiting its audience by being what it is. I don't think it can so, exist without being what it is. But it's what it is is exceptionally bleak, and that's not for everybody. It's getting to what I was discussing earlier, where right now, given given where we are in the world and with horror regardless being an escapism tool like there are I, no one very few people are very often going to set out to be like i want to end up feeling bad like if you do you could throw on requiem for a dream or something and just ruin your day right yeah this is one of those movies in animated style that does that like if you want your day ruined then go ahead but <laughs> i agree like that's not something that normal people are typically going out to like do. I don't want to be you, brought down a notch. Do you want to know when I watched this? First no. thing in the morning with a cup of coffee at six forty-five a.m. Thursday morning. This I was a weird day? day for me. <laughs> ruined your day. It didn't ruin my day, but I was in a different headspace than I usually am. And that's one of your days off too. Yeah, man. Oh God, damn. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jack has days off now. It's strange. <laughs> he doesn't work seven days a week. <laughs> uh yeah i don't have anything else that does wrong and frankly i didn't have any did, should i blow the whistle are there are, are there nitpicks? Uh, blow, blow the whistle i have one nitpick okay, here we go one nitpick <laughs> they specific that's very that was a very correct whistle Mark. <laughs> <laughs> they specifically showed us that the alarm clock could run underwater without issue they showed us a oh so why did it drown that so then why did it drown without just running back up the shore underwater because it had to be bleak <laughs> <laughs> that's right? my only nitpick that's it that's all i got <laughs> i think that's that's um, a fair nitpick yeah i like it uh the alarm clock's voice was annoying no but yeah that's it's an what, alarm but clock that's jake that's a neat pick mm, mm. it's just good casting Neat pick. Great casting. <laughs> best alarm clock acting i've seen in some time oh yeah far and away the best alarm clock i've ever seen yeah. in film Mr. was there an alarm clock in brave little toaster uh no there was a radio yeah, you played okay. 2D fruity. So these are different. These are different species. <laughs> I'll root it. It was it, it was cousins. their it was their kin or whatever he uses to describe the massacre, but they're different species. <laughs> well, then he also calls he calls the luchador dog with testicles his brother. I dude, I cannot dig into the inscrutability of this anymore. I cannot. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I I guess I kind of understand. Here's the nitpick. I kind of understand why they showed the dog's erect penis. When I don't. I don't. Guy, wait. Hold on. Why? Can you okay. Tell me, me why. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Nitpick. Why is the fucking dog in this movie? <laughs> But then I like so that one at least is like everything there is fucking buck wild and it's just bonkers, <laughs> right? But then later on I don't understand the whole point of the scene is just the alarm clock running down the road. I don't know why they have to have the dog's rear end with hanging testicles in the foreground of that shot. 
Because the Spanish are very sexual. Very strange. <laughs> uh, well, while we're on this, actually, I guess I do have a nitpick. Why does the dad have a human face? Okay, well, <laughs> Adventure Time, because of the show Adventure Time. I mean, I guess, but this came out in 2015. Was it Adventure yeah, Time? Yeah, it came out well before Adventure Time. I, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it just it made certain choices at certain places. It's like the snail or when it would zoom in on like the rat's feet when they were on their piles of trash and they were like more human with their nails and it just looked strange. I mean, this obviously is a the face, a different style, but I think that it has those things that make you feel off balance. They're inserted for a reason. Hundred percent. Whatever. Fucking. I can't. I can't talk about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, listener, if you're out there and you understand anything more than what we have talked about this episode, let us know, please. I'm searching for meaning, and I. I'm in a free fall. I did not, to be clear, I'm I did not searching. leave this movie with the feeling that I sometimes leave movies with. Which is which that I'm is, missing something. I don't I'm, missing I'm missing it, anything. and I am not smart enough for this movie. I left it being like, that was a bleak shit show. <laughs> yeah. And I Life didn't think about it until today. Eat at Arby's. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Time marches inexorably forward. You can't get it back, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like it's like the fucking uh, Avid Brothers song, When I Drink. Oh my god, okay. We only get so many fucking days, man, you know? Wait a shoehorn oh in a song right before we go to ratings. I love it. Well, I couldn't think of another one. Let's and go now to I'm ratings. I need to drink. We, over at ADC Horror, use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how you'd rate how well Frasier remembers the words to buttons and bowls. Marry me with a flubbing pee or something la la la. And for 10, think of a Buster Scruggs would rate the likelihood that there's a place up ahead where men ain't low down and poker's played fair. There's just gotta be a place up ahead where men ain't low down and poker's played fair. If there weren't, what are all the songs about? Stories, the first category to rate these movies. Mark, your pick, rate the thing for story. And I do not envy you please, for this one, sir. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm not going last here. <laughs> I gave it a five and a half. Uh, this is one of those movies that is, that's a snapshot of characters, and like it's not really seeking out to be a narrative arc, so I'll just go ahead and say this is a full-on punt. Uh, I don't. I think a lot of these categories are basically an N.A. <laughs> They're full-on punts? <laughs> I, well, dude, look. Well, you I, said Mark, you don't give us a five and a half across the board. I agree with We're you done. on the story rating. I gave it a six for story. Um, it is, I think, above average. I like that this movie has something to say. It has it's saying stuff about nihilism. It has interesting metaphors in it. They are muddled. They aren't cohesive, but it has interesting things to say. So it's above average, but just barely for me. Jake, hmm. you articulated that better than I expected. I'm not going to change my score, though. I gave this a four and a half. I, I, I thought the same things that both of you talked about, but I put it just on the other end of average, Jack. So I guess we have an average or slightly below average and a slightly above average. Yeah, that's going to take us into world building and immersion. And I want to call out right here, this is going to be a hard line between world building and immersion and effects on an animated movie. But world building and immersion, Mark, what is your world building and immersion score? I gave it a seven. I think that's kind of where this movie shines. I was totally pulled into the, I mean, on the world building side, they do a phenomenal job of like kind of introducing us to this island and what it is and who the denizens are. It's inscrutable. But that part was absolutely fascinating and was the thing that pulled me in creating an immersive experience. So this is definitely on the 
right side of the bell curve as far as an immersive experience goes. I gave it an eight for world building immersion. I mean, this, as much as this movie may not have a cohesive narrative point or theme, it has a cohesive voice and a consistent voice. And all of that is the world building. It does a great job. It, it knows what it is, at least the way it wants to say things, even if it doesn't always know what it wants to say. Um, and I was also pretty transfixed with it the whole time I was watching it. Um, part of that is the subtitles thing, but that worked really well in this instance. I was I'm happy you mentioned that. Kind of glued really to the screen. Much about yeah to how this movie it is in Spanish. Yeah, Spanish. Um, but I gave it an eight. I mean, I was I was transfixed by this thing. I think they built a consistent world and immersed me in it, Jake. Yeah, it, the balance between what it does to build a world and then my ultimate immersion in that world are at odds here a little bit. I agree with what both of you said about the world. I think that it's super interesting. And if you want a nightmare world, they did a very admirable job of creating that. And I think that actually kind of plays into the whole inscrutability of it. Because if you go back and try to remember a dream, it probably has as much sense to it as what we witnessed in this movie. But my immersion in this, we talked about it during the podcast at one point. Like This is barely over an hour, and I felt like this was forever in length so uh, there I was one time where i, I was... hit pause and i thought i was an hour and a half in and i was yeah like i can't say that it was, was it was three immersed. minutes <laughs> <laughs> right i can't say that i was ultimately that immersed in it so the difference between those two gave me a little bit lower score i gave it a six and a half yeah i will say i wasn't unhappy that i wasn't further in it like sometimes i'm like oh my god there's so much left i was happy to be continuing to occupy hmm. this world and this i was surprised I don't know that I had like a, oh, fuck, I can't believe I have to watch this for X amount of time more, but there was definitely like, how what? Just yes. a little confused. Yeah, absolutely. That is going to take us into scare factor. Mark, what is your scare factor score? I give this a six. There's a lot of weird, disturbing shit here that I could see being effective on just a pure scare point, but also from the standpoint of exposure to, to nihilism and the psychological trauma that could unlock in people watching this, especially in juxtaposition with the like child oriented visual style of the animation here. The the oh, disparity if, between if I saw this as a kid, I might sleep even less than I already a- exactly my point. If you <laughs> if you went into this expecting it to be the thing that you would normally expect this type of animation to be and you got what this movie is, it could break you as a human. <laughs> But yes. from a going in, expecting a horror movie, getting this standpoint, uh, it's not that scary. So I'm t- kind of trying to find the balance between those two things. Yeah, I totally agree. I gave it a five. I think this movie does have horrifying visuals associated with it, right? It opens on this yep. nuclear explosion that rends flesh from bones and shows you the full disintegration. When he is mecha bird boy and comes down <laughs> he rips like the leader of the rats all the way in half and you see all his bowels yeah, come like, out like it's us. fucking wild i mean the movie ends with his like bloated dead corpse being dra- drugged from the ocean floor on a fishing rod yes like by a by a fisherman who will never catch anything because all the fish are dead like so this so is he pulls a dead body <laughs> out of the ocean it like, has the, not it, only it, yeah. horrifying visuals but also 
horrifying themes. And I'm not joking. I am a hundred percent convinced that I'm going to have one of those moments. Do you guys ever have those like, they're not fully nightmares because you're not asleep yet, but they're like just things that flash in your mind as you're falling asleep and then you can't sleep anymore. Like that happens to me a lot. I am going to have, I'm going to be like laying my head down and feel tired and I'm going to be like closing my eyes and that alarm clock is going to say, you can't get any time back. And I'm going (laughs) to shoot bolt upright and not sleep that night. That's going to happen to me. This is horrifying. You can't get any time back. (laughs) <laughs> but that's beep, like beep, 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 beep. it's also like the animation style is so <laughs> absurd that it's not you're not like viscerally scared by it right um so it's a five for me jake mm. uh, i mean as close to same reason same score as i can give but i gave it a four and a half okay. i the animation alone i guess is what created a half point difference here <laughs> I, this, point was, this is one where the lower <laughs> he's lower half point lower okay four and a half if i said higher my apologies um no, he, yeah, you said a half point one... different. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it, I was accurate then. You were. Look, th- yeah, the themes here are very disturbing and are a work of depression. Like, that is not a comfortable thing, and that cannot go anywhere but Scare Factor. But that's kind of all it... I, it that's not all it has. Like, it manifests itself in the animation, but that didn't do a ton for me, so I'm going to lean more on, like, the just sheer discomfort of the whole thing. I fully agree. Before we move on, I do just want to throw in the abject horror of the, like, kind of inconsequential tools and items they have having all personality. So they just told the whole backstory of the inflatable duck raft. Like, ugh, why? Dude, the inflatable... That one kind of fucked me up. (laughs) The inflatable duck backstory is absolutely incredible. And, like, they'll just cut away to, like, the piggy bank is a living sentient thing that they're about to leave in a puddle. And he's like, no, I'll drown. (laughs) Just like fuck, God. yeah. All right, that's gonna take us into effects or traditions lack thereof. Mark, this, this is requiem for a dream, but animated. <laughs> it is, but like more depressing, I guess. I don't know if that's possible, buddy. I gave it a six. Um, this was also a bit of a punt, but I do think that the obviously the visual style is well realized, and I did bump it up a half point based off of what you were saying earlier, Jack. That the sound design is pretty incredible, and certainly improves the movie as a whole so that's the type of thing that we had, we had a similar conversation with perfect blue it's like i have no idea how to weigh in on this yeah uh because it is all fully animated so they animated it it looks good but then i guess a little bit of a, another step beyond that because the sound is also good yeah i'm not qualified for eight. this category I, I give it an eight here and i think that's as well as an animated movie can do that isn't like treading new ground like like coming up with new animation techniques like like breaking the medium i guess they this is a very consistent voice it's the strongest aspect the the animation style is amazing and serves the tone of the movie perfectly the sound is excellent i guess i'm just penalizing it a couple of points because it is animation it's not that innovative i guess but i'm kind of ignorant when it comes to like what it takes to animate something. So maybe somebody will correct me and it is very well, innovative. Jack, you, gave, up, you gave Perfect Blue a seven and I gave Perfect Blue a six. So we are very on brand with our own <laughs> interpretations of how to how to weigh in on effects and animation. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's, it's doing a lot and it does it really well, but it isn't innovating. So it's an eight. Jake. I gave it a seven. I ultimately, what this boiled down to was... I think an interesting to look at 
animated film, but it's really hard to score that because, again, Jack, like you said, I'm also not really privy as to like what all goes into creating that. We kind of talked about some of the influences that we felt that it had going back to like 90s Nickelodeon and things that we grew up with, 2000s Nickelodeon as well, of course. Cartoon but- Network. Yeah, Cartoon Network, for sure. I mean, everything from SpongeBob to, like, Ren and Stimpy to Courage to, like, whatever. And that's great. I didn't think too much about the audio until you mentioned it as well, so I'm happy you did. I think it's good, but there's a weird line that it's not crossing for me because it's just kind of a hard one to score, full disclosure. Jake, you gave the exact same score to Perfect Blue. That feels about right. Perfect Blue, I mean, Perfect Blue to me... They're similar, right? They use animation, interestingly. Well, but they're very different animation. Like, Perfect Blue, like, looked very different. Perfect Blue looked like a lot of different anime that you see. Um, Yeah, that that feels right to me. They're different, but both really good. Solid. Absolutely. That's going to take us into overall, Mark. What is your overall score? I give this one a six. It's really hard to weigh in on full inscrutability, but I, I am glad I watched this. Is this a cool movie? I am heavily confused, and I don't particularly care to revisit this one in the future. So, better than average, but not in the upper echelon. Okay, I gave this an 8. This is a huge tilt up for me, but I didn't know how else to put it. I fucking loved watching this movie. This was an experience unlike many others. I will be revisiting this movie perhaps frequently. I fucking loved this movie. It was, I mean, I watched the Ballad of Buster Scruggs like every other what week. What the fuck? It's <laughs> <laughs> such a strange thing. It turns out I was just like movies about nihilism. <laughs> you can't oh get time God. back, Jack. You can't, man. And fucking this, this was fucking a great watch for me. I think it's stronger than the sum of its parts um, from an overall perspective. It's that, a big tilt up. That but... is more true with this movie than any other thing we have ever seen. This is stronger than the sum of its parts. Yes, so hard. <laughs> like if you'd expl- if I if this me had explained to past me all of the things this movie is, I would have been like, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> but it turns out I very much did want to watch that. Uh, this is an eight for me. This is a really good movie, Jake. Fucking Andy Dalton did. I gave it a five and a half. Uh, Jack, I don't really love the feeling that this made me feel. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> uh, look, it, it's an interesting one for sure, but. It is inscrutable is all shit like we've talked about ad nauseum this episode and ultimately like it's a cool foreign language animated horror film. That's a neat thing, but I'm putting it right in the goddamn middle. Fair enough. It's a little bit of a flex. I, I think that one of the one of the appeals of this is that, that you can pull it out of your back pocket and be like, oh, yeah, that obscure horror movie that you've seen. Hell, have you ever seen Bird Boy colon the Forgotten Children? <laughs> let's talk about this <laughs> see the gem. funny thing about that though is like me i don't know maybe it's just like if you i have no fucking clue but i mentioned this to my dad of all people like they watch horror movies but he was like oh yeah i saw that on amazon like a little while ago and i was like how <laughs> what what in what fashion did it make itself available to you on amazon we're tastemakers yeah, jake crazy. they probably saw it Ma- on our well HRR. actually you know what it is i bet they're using my amazon login on their fire stick that's that probably what it is <laughs> and he saw it like last night never mind this isn't mystery solved <laughs> fuck i like that you just talked through that on air well it's, <laughs> people need to know jack <laughs> which is gonna take us to the thumbs up thumbs down mark <clears throat> i've no i i I don't envy you going first here. This is a very hard thumbs up to a ex- exceptionally small group of my friends and a very hard thumbs down to everyone else Almost on this planet else. that I know. So on balance, it's going to be a thumbs out. down. <laughs> okay. 
I could not agree more. I would if if we didn't watch this for the podcast and I had seen it, I would absolutely demand that you guys watch it so I could talk about it with <laughs> you two. <laughs> yeah. And that's about it. I'm not going to tell anyone else to watch this movie. Yep. Jake. Yep. I mean, I, I think might, we all kind of liked Peter it. And there's, Larry to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a specific subset of people. I think that a lot of our listeners should go and uh, and watch this movie. So I'm gonna take that angle just to keep things spicy, and I'm gonna Ooh. give it a thumbs up. Yeah. Knowing that I'm speaking go. to you right now, the listener, you're still here. You. I mean, you've probably already seen it. I hope. No, spoilers don't fucking matter in this movie. Go watch. Yeah, it. you can't. They don't fucking, you can't you I didn't can't even talk about spoilers the, in the, the intro. That <laughs> oh, and that's why it was by design, Jack. It was totally you didn't, by design. You didn't talk about spoilers because by of design. By choice, because you okay. can't spoil this thing. <laughs> I think that Son is bitch. largely there. There should be like we. This is, should be another thing that we break out a little bit. Is how susceptible, how important, how important spoilers are to a movie. Because this yeah. one, I is mean, I often largely. Do, right? Sometimes impervious. I'll say like. Sometimes I'll say like spoilers, but that doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah. No, this one's just the experience of going through like the nihilistic funhouse that it is. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, you just have to walk that line. Along those same lines, like you can explain what Samurai Jack is, but not at all get the vibe that you get from yeah. watching through those episodes. Yep. Yeah. I think it works. Um mm-hmm. I think that means we should get the fuck out of here. It would be shorter than a little shorty. Little short. Well, good. We well, just had like a four-hour omnibus. So. Yeah, we need to give something <laughs> shorter to our listeners. Is a mea culpa or whatever. I have like seven movies to review the next episode, so it's going to be another two-hour long one. <laughs> I got a lot to talk about too. <laughs> At the time Damn that we get there, shit. it will have been three weeks since we last talked about movies that we watched. So this has been episode two hundred nine of the A to Z Horcast. <laughs> fuck, I'm doing it again. <laughs> This has been episode 209 of the A to Z Horrorcast. If you're still here hanging out with us and you like what we got going on, head on over to A to Z Horror.com to see all of the other stuff that we make every single week. Almost. Jack, we're getting back on schedule, right? That's my New Year's <laughs> resolution, buddy. And as Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, if you're, if you're still here hanging out with us, it might be be a good thing to consider becoming a patreon member continuing this year we are going to be donating patreon proceeds to feeding america right unless we want to pick somewhere else we'll let you know but <laughs> last year we were able to donate almost 500 to feeding america we're going to continue doing that for the foreseeable future because there are a lot of better directions that money can be pushed and you're going to continue to get the great content that all of our patreon members currently get so hey double bonus also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All those links are down there in the description below. As always, the music is coming at you from Super Bear. There are links down there, too, if you're interested in checking out the stuff that they're making from a musical perspective. And next week, we're continuing with this current crop of horror movies. We're going with the Jack pick. It's Evil Dead 2, which... Hell yeah. Kind of surprised. We haven't really done much evil... I mean, we reviewed the remake, but we haven't I've... done much Evil Dead discussion as part of this project, so... Here we go. Going in with 2. I, I remember this pick now. I remember this being a jack pick now, and I remember why I picked it. Okay, well, we'll have to talk about that next week. And until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. Just that it's a patchwork shit show of, like, weird, like, just inconsistent nincompoopery, essentially. <laughs>